0: And Chris Davis takes it to the back of the end zone, he'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 25, 50, 45, here comes Davis, oh my god, Davis is going running all the way back, Auburn's going to win the football game, Auburn's going to win the football game. It's a night, Hey, it was BYG, bring your own guts,
1: and they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last one. Her kick is blocked, Jackson took Boston, the jacket's picking up back in the 25, and Austin is returning
2: it down the left side of the that's the 50,
1: He's
3: yours. He's yours. Yeah, Terrible. I mean, he's solid, he's he's solid, man. He's got some of the best work that I've ever seen, man. He's been going hard for the last four years.
4: Nice, all right. Thank you for joining the ESPC podcast, SEC preview. Uh, the the, the, the enormous amount of talent. There's like the dream team, the first team team, the magic, the, the, the talent we got, football knowledge we got accumulated, and diversity we got accumulated. We'll make this the greatest sports podcast of all time, history of all time, and we're going to hit you hard. So you say, who the hell are you, and why the heck should I listen to you? Well, I have an NBA securities licenses, clients that worth $50 million. I just had a meeting with a client, 41 years old. He's like, Josh, I don't have to work anymore, man. You've made me too much money. Should I retire? I'm like, listen, stop crying. I'm going to give you permission to work, but I did my job. So what I do is I apply business and financial concepts. Those books are just books. I read those books. I use those books, Decision Science, The 80-20 Rule, business and financial information. So you make money in a $100 trillion market, monkeypox, COVID, we're all gonna die. Let's make some money. Watching football game, the highest and best use of your time watching football. My personal goal this year, and I'll limit it to every single business meeting, has to have a purpose in a specific outcome. And John's a Wall Street guy, he knows. This outcome has to be specific, scalable, and repeatable, in order for it to be business. And my personal goal for this year is that guy out there, millions of guys that are listening to their phones at 7-Eleven. I want them to use the information that we're giving to you to be at home with the Sunday ticket, the red zone, and watching the two local games on five different televisions. <laughs> that is my goal. Purpose and outcome. So those, that's the purposes, right? Teach you how to buy a business. Teach you how to, how to buy a stock, right? And the outcome has been people have reported over $200,000 made. And we all know the story from the Bible. Jesus healed. 10 people of leprosy, two came back. And one of the guys that came back was because he dropped the $20 bill and he knew Jesus would have it for him. (laughs) So out of the $200,000, the people I reported, that's probably a million dollars people have made. Now, I'm also on the board of the Diversity Council of Orange County, part of the National Council with Obama. And people get diversity wrong. They think it's race, they think it's gender, They think it's disability, and it's not. It's basic business. As A guy like John knows for the last 30, 40, 50 years is being pragmatic and having an open mind. So this podcast we have right now is the most diverse podcast in history. Now, we do need to get a woman involved, but right now we have age diversity. We have regional diversity. We have all kinds of diversity. We'll go around the horn. And the last business concept I'll give you in a second right now. You listen to the last what I just said, you apply to all of that, you'll have a million dollars in the $137 trillion market we have. Last business concept we'll give you before we go around the horn is if you are the smartest, toughest guy in the room, you are in the wrong room. Any guy that I'm going to introduce you is smarter, tougher than I am. And we collaborate because there's money, $137 trillion means there's money for everybody. All right. So first we'll start with Scott Coles. He gives me, he's as old as I am, but he gives me regional diversity. He's from the fantasy football world, right? With me, I'm strictly sports betting. He's fantasy football world. He comes from the Northeast. And the question I'll have for him after he joined Dutch, which year did he make the most money watching football? Then we'll go to John, who I met very I met through you know video, and I love his Twitter feed. He has the percentages, he has outcomes that he can produce value from the Wall Street world. Then we'll go to Jesse, he comes for us from parts are known who can bench press as many times as I can. So he's a tougher guy, younger guy. And so far, I've noticed he's a little smarter than I am. And then we have the professional football player who we're going to get Chance Dolan to win the Heisman. He's the starting quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers. I'll get my Oregon State stuff on. We got some upsets for you. Chad can run a 4-4. Uh, 27 yards per cash in the arena league. He will be in the NFL, but right now, he's bestowing the knowledge he has with working out with Josh Allen, Mason Rudolph, DeMar Chase. The list goes on and on. And He gives us insight and in diversity that you cannot get anywhere else. So it's very exciting. Perfect storm. Always better be lucky than good, man. Thank you, Scott Cove. We'll go Scott Cove
0: first been a while since I've been on a podcast with you, Josh. So I'm glad I knew to be 40 here. pounds
4: ago, babe. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's great to be here with everybody. I mean, this is this is a great mindset of uh, of betting and college football enthusiasts, So I'm looking forward to taking in just as much information as I am giving out. In terms of, um, I'm in the ten to twelve thousand range just betting alone this year. I don't bet a ton of money, but I bet enough that I can make enough profit. So this was my pro- most profitable year. And it's a lot of it's because of the things that the Chad and Josh and myself and Jim and these two gentlemen, um, you know, their ideas and thoughts and, and who they lean toward and, and stuff like that. So um, college basketball was great this year for me. Uh, I had a great <laughs> yeah. year, this year. Uh, tournament wise. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to this. This should be one of the one of the best podcasts that, that's gonna be out there for a long time to come. So
4: yeah, we give people information they cannot
0: get anywhere else.
4: Bottom line. John, what are your thoughts? Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your information uh, with us. And man, I just met John, but I did a little research. And, man, I, you know, when I got when I was young, there was things that I had to do because I was thrown out of the house. I was in the hood. And one of the things you do is you don't bring an idiot to a drug deal. <laughs> all right. So we've got John here. We just don't have anybody on the podcast. Thank you, John, for being with us.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure, Josh, to join all you guys. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, to your point, I do a lot of uh, analytics, but the fundamentals, the matchups of a football game, for example, or even a baseball game, any sport, has to support the analytics. You can't do it one or the other. Uh, There's a lot of guys out there that are all fundamentals, and they do a great job with it, but they also throw in the analytics there once in a while, and uh, the numbers are powerful. You know, there's uh, stuff that we'll talk about here in the SEC that I, I think will be on the little bit of the shocking side, or at least enlightening. So I can't wait to get to that.
4: Oh yeah, no, looking forward to it. Uh, I've talked about one of my clients. She has an uh, doctorate from MIT and she has a World Series ring and she does uh, consulting. She's in an MLB front office and uh, she's giving me great insight into analytics you know versus baseball versus football so this is almost like a mastermind we got going there all right all right Jesse from parts unknown man thank you for joining us
5: well yeah you talked about diversity and uh, I guess uh you I must be a diversity hire you're just bringing me in here because I'm currently in uh, Southeast Asia I do know a thing or two about football though I am from Canada so Sort of, uh, college football is not the main sport in Canada. Um, I cover anything from soccer to CFL, WNBA, but college football is certainly one of my favorite sports to cover and uh, really looking forward to the upcoming season.
4: Yeah, I'm definitely taking all 100% of my WNBA bets from you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I actually have Whenever I quite a, a lot of WNBA games.
4: That's why I have these glasses. Literally, I bought these glasses because I was clicking on women's basketball games when I thought they were men's games. So I'm like, I better get some glasses so I can get the great games on. <laughs> I was complaining to chat about that. All right. And challenge and man. Yep,
3: yeah, man. I'm happy to be here, man. It's uh we did we had such a good season last year, man. I'm you know. Best record I've ever had, college basketball in NFL. Um, man, adding John and Jesse here, I'm excited for the input they got. I mean, the analytics stuff, you know, it's awesome. I mean, did a podcast with Jesse before. He's got great insight. And, I mean, just that WNBA, CFL world, I mean, you know, there's just too much information out there to do it by yourself. And, uh, you know, the more people you have around you, the more knowledge, the more you can listen to someone and learn it versus having to go out and learn it for yourself. Exactly. You can just, you know, you can spread yourself out so much more. You can get involved in so much more things and give yourself just so such a better possibility to be profitable in, in sports betting. So, man, I'm excited to uh, expand the team and, and learn and listen to what everyone's got to say and uh, get into some SEC football.
4: Right. Until we get to uh, Coach, Coach Satan in Alabama, uh, man, last couple of months have been rough. But even before that, When Cade's brother said that his class was part of the syllabus to listen to the podcast, because we talk about business and financial concepts, and we give you a fish, but we also teach you how to fish. And then when I got a nice note from a professor for the University of Wisconsin in the Big Ten saying that they're putting on the syllabus the podcast. They have to listen to the podcast for business and financial concepts, so I'll throw that in. And I'll do yeah, it fast,
3: right? Yeah, Josh was talking about my my brother, my brother, youngest brother, Cade, who just graduated high school. He was senior this last year. His business teacher had him. He he was into sports betting, listened to the podcast, and had the, the whole class listen to it.
1: <laughs> at
3: at a, yeah, Aquinas High School in San Bernardino. Nice, nice. So uh,
4: we give a lot of stuff for you, but this is academic stuff. This is things so that you can apply today to make money, and put money in your pocket, not only on a short-term basis, but on a long-term basis, because it's about abundance. And I'll get to it at the end, but uh, the niceness we have is not because we're nice guys or filled with drop. It's because it's a bis- good business. Good business and, and a good way to build business relationships. and Make a lot of money long-term. Businessmen, business, salesmen think short term, businessmen and women think long term. So the first team we'll look at and what we'll do is uh, we'll go Scott, John, Jesse, and Chad and then do a reverse order. First thing we're going to look at, we're going to set up the table, is your Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. Thank you. They gave me a ban, but on the federal rules, securities license, I cannot be bribed. Uh, teams work in two years recruiting cycles. For Coach Satan, it's different. right? His first year, he goes to the playoffs and loses. Second year, he wins the national championship. He's in the second year of a recruiting cycle. He has a professional coaching staff. Bill O'Brien, coach for Bill Belichick for years, NFL head coach, is making more money as an offensive coordinator at Alabama than he would have as a head coach at Jacksonville. Offensive line, they fired Doug Marone who now is a high school offensive line coach. They fired three offensive linemen off that offensive line and transferred to other places. They got some free agent offensive linemen who got each $200,000 NIL deals cash. Uh, Pete Golding is a friend. Uh, His dad's a friend of Satan. and What they do... They've got the XSZL back there. They run the four-two-five defense, which we talk about because there's a lot of business networking going on. And really, between Belichick and Satan, they're trying to corner the market on football, how to train guys and the guys through their coaching tree. So from a betting standpoint, they're going to be overvalued, right? Yeah. Alabama, for years, in the dark market, Used to be the number one state for sports betting as far as betting dollars is concerned. Always overvalued. Uh, Satan is going to emphasize defense, keep things in his back pocket for grudges. Now I know he's like Belichick. Belichick always has grudges, always blows out the Giants or whatever. Belichick's going to blow out certain teams, one of them being Texas A&M. We'll go Scott, John. Just in the chat, what do you guys think? The so I, I,
0: I agree with you. Alabama is going to be high double-digit favorites every game, every single game, 35, 40 points, somewhere in that area. Um, they got a transfer, a running back transfer in from Georgia Tech, who's supposed to be really, really good, caught 60 passes uh, in two years in college, and they got a transfer wide receiver in from Georgia to To come oh to Alabama. God. So, having said that, their weakness right now is on their offensive line, I believe. And if they could shore that up with the tackle positions, Alabama's going to run the table. I think that I think they're, the, they're, they're going to be in the national championship picture again, playoff picture again. They're going to probably be in the national championship game again. Um, so it's just a question of um, can they stay healthy. Bill O'Brien's scheme is a speed scheme. Right. So right. these two guys coming in are very fast so they fit his scheme very very well. So I, I think Alabama is going to be 30 to 45 point favorites in almost every game except for anytime they play Georgia they will probably be around the touchdown to 10 point uh, favorites depending on the circumstances. I personally think both teams I think they play late, late in the year They may both come into that game undefeated. If Georgia can get by Oregon, I see Georgia running the table. We'll get to them in a little bit. But uh, I just think Alabama is is a very overvalued team and is going to be high 30-point favorites almost in every game. So uh, better beware with them. Better beware. So that's what I think.
4: No, I 100% agree with that. What do you think, John?
2: Well, I'm with them. I, I like what I, I hear from them, and uh, I agree that Alabama can run the slate, but from a betting standpoint, they could be even 500 or maybe even exactly. below 500 because they're going to be so overvalued. But Nick Saban uh, took over this program in 2007. He's had three seasons that have been miserable by his standards of two losses. Right. He's coming off a two-loss season. So don't you want to know what happens after he has a bad season by his standards? Well, this is in conference. He's 39-2 and two, straight up, 23-17-1 against the spread. That's 68% winning bets just on the blind um, following those three two-season losses. In the 41 games, Saban's teams have been priced as a dog once. Right. Alabama was a five-point underdog to Florida and crushed the Gators 32-13 in the SEC championship game of 09. And then he followed that up with a 37-21 bashing of Texas in the BCS championship game. Price is a four-point favorite. So I wouldn't mess around trying to fade Saving There might be some instances, matchups that you might. But guys, there's been a dog of 20 points or more in the SEC that has won outright in each of the last, I believe it's up to 10 years now. I've been fortunate to be on a couple of them. I was on A&M last year when they beat Alabama, and I agree with what he great said. Great man,
4: stick Alabama. a bike. And, we, and we put it on tape. People can listen to the predictions. We put it on the podcast. We had Texas A&M.
2: Yeah, that, and that, that pick made sense to me then. But to think that out, that A&M is going to do the same thing again this year, knowing that Saban you, – you just don't fade Saban in a revenge situation like that, no. Like this and and there's been you know verbal abuse between the two guys and they're consumed all
4: summer studying each other and hiring private detectives to chase people around and get information
2: yeah so i think uh, alabama is um even if they have injuries they're so deep this year that they can overcome anything right and i think there are I hate using the word lock because there is no such thing, but I'd be shocked if they weren't one of the final four participants later this year against Ohio State being uh, my championship matchup right now.
4: Yeah. Yep. Right. A spot, if you want to fade them, a spot I like, they play Utah State. And uh, Chad and I saw Utah State live, a man that I love. I love Blake Anderson because I've made more money on Blake Anderson bets that money I've gotten in Christmas presents from ninety percent of my family. He is a great football coach. He does born with less from Arkansas State. Chad and I saw him against Chance in the bowl game against Oregon State. He's first game of the season against Satan, and the way you beat this four-two-five defense is by running the option, running the ball. You're Johnny Manziel's. You're plus one. I don't know if he's going to do that, but. September the 17th, against my guy Terry Bounton and the Bounton family is going to be an interesting matchup because they're going to be a beat-up football team after going to Austin, Texas and, you know, slugging it out. They'll beat, probably cover Steve Sarkeesian, but they're, they're going to be a little bit beat-up. Uh, the starters are going to get less snaps, and Coach Bounton, literally, I wouldn't be shocked to – Coach Bowden doesn't come out there in the wishbone, kind of run it and kind of make it a recruiting game. Hey, Alabama only beat us by two touchdowns. We were almost in it in the fourth quarter, blah, blah, blah. So I like, I like ULM September 17th. Jesse, what are your thoughts on Alabama versus
5: Uh, I'm going to echo what everybody else said. I mean, it's the revenge tour for Saban. Uh, don't bet against him coming off of a down year. I think they got to be considered the favorites, not just to win the SEC, but to win the national championship. Uh, I agree with everything that Scott said. The only thing I'll disagree with though, is when he mentioned the weakness being the offensive line, that's, that's quite true, Scott. And that, that, that's what it looks like on paper, but yeah. we have been there before, right? Nick Absolutely. Saban brings in these recruits. I don't know the kids' names. I right. don't know where, where he gets them from. I just have, and I don't, I don't know that they're there. But I believe that they're there. He's going to get them from somewhere, and he's right. going to plug those holes. Whatever weakness you think he has, he's going to address that, and uh, mm-hmm. and therefore, uh, yeah, again, they're they're going, to, they're going to be the team to beat with a returning a Heisman-winning quarterback. I mean, yeah, it's a no-brainer.
4: No big time. Now I have studs, right? So we always explain on college football podcasts. You have your blue bloods and your developmental teams. Your blue bloods are almost like you used to say with Pat Riley, you just roll the ball out, right, and and they'll beat you. But Satan does both. He develops and gets blue bloods at the same time. That's why he has so many NFL guys. So the fact that they're young, but they still have 103 uh, career starts on that offensive line, doesn't mean as much. But hey, we watch Chad plays. So what do you think about
3: that in, in the Crimson Tide chat? Yeah no I mean I, I I love everything you guys are saying but yeah I mean on the O line I mean I'm not I, I'm not worried about it. them being yeah. on paper they're young there but I mean they have the they get the best five star talent across the board dude 65 330 that have the best movement skills they're going to they got first round linemen every year they're going to fill that um you know Bryce Young coming in year 2 and we should expect some improvements there um you know that would be something if he does go down and he is a smaller framed guy for sure um you know, something that happens back there, you know, they might have, have a little lull. Um, but yeah, interesting, like, I was kind of agreeing with what John said. I think, like, there's going to be this, like, given pull in that we're in Saban in a revenge tour, right? And Josh always talks about how these teams are on two-year cycles. So on the two-year cycle, this is an up cycle for, for Saban, you know. If he doesn't go undefeated, it's a down year. Um, so, you know, the, we're going to have a, a push and pull here of – market being inflated to Alabama and Saban you know just covering spreads and because he's he's just their mentality is different this year um you know so I I do think it's going to be you know they're going to be around 500 against the spread this year um I would agree with I'm not looking to fade Saban but I do think there's a few spots that uh uh, ULM Monroe uh against Bowden uh running the ball and just shortening the game you know when you got to you know, if you got a, a 40 point spread, 35, and you got a team that's just really shortening the game, running the ball, um, you know, those are going to be hard spreads to cover. So I think there will be a couple spots this year, you know, two to three, where you can look to fade Bama and, and be pretty profitable. But um, for the most part, I'll be looking to follow them. Um, but yeah, that's all I got.
4: That's so, Alabama, Kristen Ty. And before we leave, I'll just leave with one thing uh, Steve Sarkeesian against Golding, second game of the season. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I think uh, Sarkeesian has an edge on him, and then Kurt uh, Flood against uh, Bill O'Brien. All right, next thing we're going to look at are going to be your Auburn Tigers. And I just came down from the south, and the mentality is different. My father-in-law's funeral was at a Baptist church. So, the Baptist alumni want to get the Mormon head coach Brian Hartson fired. So John knows about this. There's technical analysis and there's fundamental analysis. People have gotten rich using fundamental analysis. People have never gotten rich technical using technical analysis. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis. That's what Bloomberg and CNBC does. Here we do fundamental analysis and the number one factor within fundamental analysis is corporate governance and since the coaches and the athletic directors have so much control we do a lot of research on them hartson in this case was very calculated there's some coaches that will talk about this we had a podcast on it direct evidence right direct evidence is something you see with your eyes we did a podcast with max brown Number one high school quarterback coming in out uh, of the nation. He was the fake starting quarterback for Sam Darnold. They knew that Sam Darnold was going to be the real starting quarterback when he got into the Pac-12 to win it and go to the Rose Bowl. So they have, and, and we'll talk about too how quarterbacks consume offense. You have plays, you have series of plays, you have packages, and you have offense. So they had a starter package for Mike Brown, but the real package, the best plays coming out of spring practice, the best plays coming out of summer, the best plays coming out of fall went to Sam Darnold. So what Hartson did was bring in last year two fake defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators. The fake defensive coordinator was Derek Mason, and the fake offensive coordinator was Mike Bobo. And then he brought in this year with an offense nobody's gonna be seen before. He brings in um, two Mormon brothers from the same mission Mormon church up there in Idaho to be uh, Eric Caruso from the Mormon church and the of cautionary of Mormon. So they're all Mormons and they all plotted this. remember which church per capita We're not talking here about religion. We're talking here about money. So which church per capita has the most money than any other religion, right? The Mormon church. The Mormon church is all about business. Stephen Covey, the seven habits of the highly most successful people that I use all the time. First things first. I live by it. He was Mormon and it's tenants of the Mormon church. So here comes Brian Hartston. Long story short, I already pounded your Auburn Tigers against Penn State. Big Ten's going to be overhyped. The channel is going to overhype them. <laughs> so ching 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 ching, my friends. We'll I go got to get out of here in Chattanova. a second, but I can't wait to
5: hear what John has to say about that.
4: <laughs> what do you think about that, John?
2: Well, the Penn State Auburn game last year, or or, or one coming up.
4: Uh, No, Auburn at all, what what do you think? Those are are my take on Auburn Tigers. I think get get them with the win total. Nobody's going to know what what they're running. It's going to be plus one. Uh, Again, remember, this is the South, right? Their starting quarterback, Mr. Finley, should be in jail. He endangered four or five police officers. One guy's in the hospital. Don't get me mad. If I put a police officer in the hospital, I would be in jail right now. Finley's playing football. Why? Because he's good. He's gonna win him some games. At least won't we'll money off my anger that this guy's a degenerate. Don't don't get me started on degenerate, perverted, abusers hey, of women who should be in jail that are gonna be starting. Hey
0: Josh, get me off before, that. Before Josh, before Jesse leaves, I want John to give his opinion on your bet. <laughs> Thanks. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> So
5: which one maybe you guys should have a bit of a bet between the two of you oh so he likes
4: Penn State in that game he likes
5: Penn State in every game
4: oh, oh <laughs> all right it'd be interesting it'll be good podcast right before it, man Friday well, we night do, we college do, uh, football uh, podcast people you're gonna be good
2: we do pizza bets too uh on my yeah. show with Jesse and me and, and Jesse owns uh about, about the size of a pizzeria yeah, I don't know how to collect it because I don't know if there's any pizzerias where he lives.
4: You're in New York, right, John? Uh,
2: Princeton area.
4: Princeton area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get some stuff going, yeah. But you like Penn State. Very interesting.
2: I, well, it's a different show with the Big Ten, but uh, for what it's worth, I do think that there is the one team uh, that has a shot of upsetting Ohio State if everything would go right. And after right. all, they've already done it a few times in the past. They've done it more times than Michigan has, that's for sure. Uh, but, again, you, Ohio State is the Alabama of the Big Ten, so it makes it very difficult to uh, to see anything different this year. And, th- and that's the problem I'm having is that everybody is agreeing with that, and that makes me really nervous. Um, you know, well, not just on well, this the show, a but it's, generally. This is the
4: thing, right? And when we're talking about Auburn, and let's get to him a little bit. They have 120 career starts on the offensive line. So when we had Chad's brother on from Oregon State, the more football you play, the better you are at it. So they're going to be traveling in between the hedges. Uh, The refs are going to be paid off. Penn State's going to have a perfect play, 80-yard touchdown. We're calling it back. So you're not going to get the call. Too much money involved. And now, Remember, there's a big grudge going on. The Big Ten got a billion dollars. And the SEC is only getting 500 million from the Big East and they're pissed. They're pissed at the Big Ten. And the refs know this. Now, remember, it is not illegal for a ref to intentionally make a bad call. It is not against the law. It's unethical. I think it's wrong, but it's not illegal. Now, you take it a step further. John knows about this. I'm a fiduciary, right? So I have to do what's in the best interest of my client so my client makes money. So for a referee to make a holding call so Penn State loses that game and Auburn wins that game, and that is an SEC ref. He's with He is... He is within the bounds under the state of Alabama law, (laughs) right, to do what he's doing. So it's going to be a tough game for Penn State to win.
2: So why why does the NCAA or the SEC put referees from their conference in situations that that can happen? Right. If they're they're doing a big sky or something um, and they're from the SEC – they make a bad call. And nobody's gonna think that they did it intentionally. It was just a bad call, right? Yeah, That—that's the part I don't get, right? Because um, it—it just puts them in a horrible situation. There's—they no, can't win. They make one bad call, and right away they're in cahoots with, uh, you know, the president of the university and you know the boosters, and it just gets this. whack. The, the,
4: the problem is there's too much money involved. There's billions involved. Well, well, especially billions now dollars in the Big involved. Ten. Yeah. And, and if you are a uh, and again, I'm talking, I'm speaking from direct evidence, right? So if you're a referee and you're making hundred grand and a booster is giving you 200 grand in paper bags, remember, they don't have paper bags anymore, but paper bags anymore. You know, uh, I've been to NCA games where the referee comes in with his blue d- d- duffel bag. <laughs> I got John Calipari back there <laughs> and he, he leaves the game in an orange duffel bag. And I'm like, come What did he get the wrong bag of his clothes leaving this NCAA game or not? Come on. So, we don't make a value statement on it. We just bet on it and we tell you in front of us. Yep. What do you think? So, what do you think about these Auburn Tigers? 120 uh, career starts on the offensive line. We got Mercer in San Jose State, basically two cream puffs before playing Penn State, and then Penn State has to play a tough Big Ten game to start the season. You're on You asking me? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, I like the six-and-a-half over wins total at plus 130 right now. Yeah. Um, I, I do think they're going to pull off um, an upset here or there. Maybe it is the Penn State game, but they also have – um, you know, LSU, which is you never under underrate LSU teams, period.
1: They but they do have five too.
2: ranked teams that they got to play Georgia, right. Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas, and uh, of course, Alabama in the last game of the year in the Iron Bowl. So conceivably, there's five losses right there, uh, unless they find a way to upset an Arkansas, which is a team I think is going to be a little bit prone to regression after that wonderful year last year. Right. Um, but getting paid one thirty for over six and a half. I kind of, I lean that way with this team.
3: Team here, team here. What do, what do you think, Chad? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you got two freebie uh, wins built in, in the front of the year. Um, you know, if they can get that, that Penn State win that third game, they they could have a three, you know, start here. Um, you know, I do like that. They got two cream puffs before, before that Penn State, you know, that's going to allow them to look ahead a little bit, Um and kind of prepare, you know, keep stuff in the back pocket and prepare for that Penn State game. Exactly. Um, you know, their quarterback battle has been interesting. Um, you know, Finley that played two games last year right now, from what I'm reading, is looking like he is going to win the job. T.J. Right. Finley. Um, you know, initially they brought in two transfers, uh, like Calcutta or Cal something like that, and right. uh, Ashford. And the Calcutta guy was, uh, you know, preseason was, you know, looking like he was going to be the guy that was going to take the number one reps to start off camp. And, um, you know, Finley, you know, they brought in two guys to compete with him, and he kind of, um, you know, stayed, you know, in, in his in his, you know, good mental state, you know, didn't give up on himself, just kept working and persevered through it. Um you no, know, so I mean, I I think that shows kind of a lot about it, his character and what he can do now. Him as just a pure passer, as a pure, um, you know, he's kind of more of a thrower to me from the film that I watched from last year. Um, so that'll be a big thing. I know he can run the ball. Um, you know, Auburn's kind of, you know, they they're famous for that triple option, having a quarterback that that can really run the rock there. Um, you know, but I, I just for this team to like get past like that seven, eight win, like get into like an elite level. I really think they're going to need like him to just be a very accurate elite guy in the pocket, you know, be able to have a quick release with a guy in his face and get that thing out and get it on the money, you know, let his athletes run, run with the ball. Um, You know, so that's kind of something that I'll be looking at early on in the cream puff games. I think they really need to kind of start developing him as, as, as a passer and not a thrower, Um, you know, because I think that, you know, just it's, you no, know, it's just gonna it, it, it's a huge separator we see with guys that, that are true peer passers, accurate and guys that are just throwers and they're good athletes back there. And, you know, they're they can manage a game well. Um, so I'm, I'm going to look for Finley to, you know, to see that progress in, in this year and see him kind of transitioning into more of just a game, man, not not a game manager from last year, but being a guy that can give you that big play. Um, that's going to be something really big for their offense. They're going to need those big plays to compete with with these upper echelon teams. So.
4: Yeah, to me, the fact that he's not in jail means that they're going to go with that, uh, you know, 120 career starts on the offensive line. And because he is coaching for his job, they're going to do that plus one, right? And uh, I'll get some videos on plus one. Really, plus one is what the quarterback runs because you have an extra blocker and there's nobody that could tackle the quarterback. And is a thick guy. Remember, if a quarterback can make three first downs with his legs. That team wins 70% of the time. What do you think, Scott?
0: So, to me, with them not having announced a starting quarterback and these three guys are still in competition, two or three guys are still in competition, and with all the experience they have on the line, this leads me to believe that they're going to run the ball a lot and they're going to hope their defense improves. With these two cream State they they're trying to get the, i think the, the coaching staff trying to get the taste of that end of the season swoon out of their mouths going into the penn state game so i look for them to run the ball a tremendous amount i'm not sold on any of these three guys as quarterbacks really so i, I think you're looking at a seven or eight win sec team in my estimation and that penn state game is going to be huge to sway this season right right from the very yep. beginning so, right. no, so that's, I think that's if, if, game. They go in, if they go in and can win that game at, at Penn State, they could become an eight or nine win team for sure. And right. that can give Finley right. confidence if he's the starter that they could take the next step and maybe he could throw the ball a little bit more than they really want him to. But um, in terms of the, their offensive line is, is playing out as a running team, all that experience on the offensive line. And to me, that that's vitally important. That'll keep scores down low. If they're a running team, so you want to look at the point the points with Auburn, and you want to probably bet the under after the Penn State game. You probably want to go under as much as anything. You might want to even go under in the Penn State game, so that that's my opinion. I probably wouldn't take a side in that game. I probably would take look at the points total points and see what that is, and maybe go under in that game. Yeah. Good. No, that that that's that's all I had. So, yeah, I, I was going to say,
3: go I was going to add too in the, uh, yeah, those first two games, I haven't looked at them at all. I, Mercer and the other one, I, I haven't done my research, but I'm definitely going to take a hard look at fading them in one of those games. Um, if they're laying like 35, 40, 45 points, um, just because of the way that, I mean, they're, they're going right. to run the ball. They're going to, they're going to run the ball. Those games are going to be short and like it's going to be hard for them to cover you know, 45 points, you know, in, in both of those games, they're not gonna They're not going to do, they're going to win one of them by 35. Uh, you know, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get that backup quarterback. They're going to get their, other guys in, give other guys some reps. You know, that's what you do in games like that. You know, they're, they're going to use these as like preseason games. Um, like, you know, what the NFL is doing and, 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 those style games, you're not there to blow everyone out by 80. You're there to, you know, get better, get guys reps, um, you know, get guys, re- you know, you know, ready for exactly. you know, the, the, the long season ahead. So.
0: And my hope with Auburn is they don't go to some two quarterback system, where the yeah. competition's so yeah. close that they say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna play both of them in this. Yeah. We're gonna play two of them in this game. So and would, that would destroy them. That would destroy them as an te- offensive team in yeah. terms of continuity on on that side of the ball. So watch that very closely too, and see what they're gonna do.
3: Yeah, it's it's tough. You know that that situation you see all the time. You know, I mean, L- Luis Perez, the the quarterback for the LA Rams, are just training you know, on the USFL. He was in that same situation. You know, there's a guy that's the passer and the guy that's more the runner, and it's hard for both guys because you know the passer is not getting first and second down. And he's got to come in when it's yeah. you know it's third right. and eight and, and go make a play with no. And then you know the you know the other guys like you know knows I I got to you know score a touchdown on first and second down or I'm I'm coming out on the big play and you know it's. <laughs> Right. It's, e- it's equally tough for both guys mentally, you know, the runner and the passer. So and it's it's just really tough to get that continuity going on the offense. So, um, yeah, I mean, what I've been reading there is Ashford is is the is the number two guy that the the Calcutta, the, the, the predicted number one guys third string right now is what it's looking like. So um, but it, there is a lot of depth in that room. So it's going to be interesting to see when a guy does start not doing well. Where do they go? Short leash or are they going to let him ride it out?
4: You're going to have to go Calzada because he's from Texas A&M and he had, you know, uh, he was instrumental in beating Alabama last year. But now nah,
0: he's out of the program. Yeah, so. per- Personally, it scares me when you bring in three transfer quarterbacks and right. they all are competing for the job. Not just one or two of them. All of them are competing to start. I mean, Finley looks like he's head and shoulders above the other two. But that just scares me a lot that you're tra- you're transferring three guys in for one position. It means you have you have no plan as to what you're going to do at that position. So,
4: no, and that, and that's that's going to be the problem, and they're going to keep things in their back pocket because they have to win that Penn State game. So they're going to put all their eggs in the marble in that Penn State game, and then the, now the beef with the Penn State making twice as much TV money as the SEC that makes that game even bigger. That's why I already, I already got my bet on the Auburn Tigers. Next thing we're going to look at is good old Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M. They spent $1 million per recruit. So Texas A&M has over $7-8 endowment that oil money, and now they're building refineries to sell oil to Germany to replace the oil they used to get from Russia. So this is gonna be a program without unlimited amount of money. So again, like John, like we worked, you know, direct evidence in their tax return, there's a line item for $40 million just for recruiting. What they're saying is that each recruit got a million dollars. they try to fix it up. Unreal. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Uh, they go eight and four, nine and one. So last year, believe it or not, was their first year of their cycle. This should be their second. They have a lot of talent and they're going to do the same of what they did last year, in my opinion, right? Uh, we'll go uh, John, then, then Scott, then Chad. Uh, they kept everything in their back pocket last year until they played Alabama, right? That's why that Colorado game was 10-7. And that was an easy pick Colorado to cover in the under. They have Sam Houston, Appalachian State, Miami, Arkansas in a down year. Uh, Mike Leach, right? Mike Leach is easy. Rush three, drop eight. That's how you beat the air raid. And then Alabama. At Alabama, for a knockout, dragout fight. Uh, it's a personal grudge. And Jimbo Fisher said that he wasn't going to say something that could take Satan out. And the only thing I can think of is a major booster at University of Alabama told me that all of Nick Satan's kids are adopted. Wow. (laughs) Right? All his kids are adopted making an insinuation that if he came out of the closet he could never recruit again. Maybe Jimbo knows that. Maybe that's what he's talking about. So It's going to be an interesting game. What do you think, John, about your Texas A&M Aggies? Well,
2: I guess in my opinion, looking at their roster, if their defense is anywhere close to what expectations are going to be. They, they yeah. are going to be a force. And that one team uh, that could upset uh, Alabama and yeah. Alabama recent years, as we've seen, they do have that one game where they're not really playing up to their normal stuff and they get themselves behind, but then they usually come back and win, but don't cover. Um, and, you know, this game, though, is in Tuscaloosa, and it's revenge. And right. Saban's record is incredible in revenge games. Right. So, like we started the show, it's, it's not a, a fade Alabama situation here, but I love doing live in-game betting. And if you like – for example, if you like Alabama in this matchup now and we get to that game and Texas A&M scores first, and everybody's going, holy cow, look at A&M, 7 nothing over Alabama. That's when you want to bet Bama. Right. If you like Texas A&M, you almost want Alabama to score first, as, as ridiculous as that sounds, because right. the live in-game betting then is going to give you at least another five points. Right. Um, so, you know, Thank betting God. pre-flop 50% of your normal amount and then using the volatility of the game, much like uh, Josh and I do when uh, trading in the markets, you, you got to, you know, take advantage of those swings.
4: 100%. Oh, 100%.
2: So that's my take. I, I, you know, obviously their total is eight and a half, which I think, uh, you know, it's minus one seventy-five juice now. So, you know, it's almost so much juice now that it, it becomes a contrarian bet. Um, right. But I have a hard time thinking that A and M's not going to win at least nine games. Um, and looking at their schedule, they have four ranked opponents, two of which happened in the first four weeks, which is a good warm up for them ahead of uh, the Alabama game. And right. we just got done talking about Auburn. They they play, uh, what, five home games before they go on the road to Georgia. So right. they're going to get slapped in the face when they go to Georgia. But uh, this is a little bit different situation where a will have some uh, seasoning, if you will, behind them going into Tuscaloosa. No,
4: big
3: time. Big time. What, what do you think, Chad? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, Texas A&M is – you know, to me right now, they're like the number three program in the SEC behind Bama and Georgia. Um, you know, they're putting in like $40 million into, into these classes, a million dollars a kid, and all stuff. stuff. Um, the boosters are there. The money's there. The facilities are there. Um, so, you know, they're, they're the best bet to, uh, you know, knock off somebody like a, a Georgia or a Bama. Um, you know, with the revenge tour this year, uh, with Alabama having to go into Tuscaloosa, I, I I'm looking to take Bama by 21 in that game. I don't think they, I don't think they hang, um, you know, Saban's got that one marked on the calendar for sure. Right. Joshua talks about how you coach, you know, you get a, get teams up for three games a year. There's right. three big ones. And that's the number one of the, of the three this year for Alabama. Um, so I'm looking for Bama on that one. And then, um, yeah, it's just, you know, Texas A&M is just going to kind of see how, how they come together early on and, um, you know, the, the the talent's there, the recruiting class is there, the five star guys are there. Um, so yeah, we'll just uh you know, they're gonna be a team that, you know, I think you just gotta keep an eye on early on that, you know, they could swing, you know, they could be really, really good and and compete to knock one of those teams off, or you know, they could, you know, if shit doesn't come together and they're five hundred, you know, six and six, seven and five. So, um, I see a lot of variability with this team and uh they're gonna be one I kind of watch early on before I, I make a lot of bets on, see how the first couple games go. Yeah, how they gel? Cause there's a lot of talent, and so it's almost like the Yankees, right?
4: The Yankees have always had the most talent, but it's how you get, gel as a team, especially in football. We have so many variables, is concerned, and also you're in Tuscaloosa. You get a great play, and again, you get a questionable call going against you. That's really going to deflate Texas A&M. Because, you know, they're going to be behind the eight ball there in Tuscaloosa. What, what do you think, Scott?
0: I'll just jump on with these two guys. Say I think Texas A&M could be undefeated going into that Alabama game. Right. Not out, not out of the realm of possibility. So you, you'll have two top ten teams probably in that game. And then Texas A&M is going to get smacked in the face by Alabama. Right. I, they're going to have a really tough time. Uh, with all the hype that goes on that week, with all the right. Jimbo Fisher comments that will come up in the press, with all that stuff coming up, Alabama knows how to handle this. They handle it on a, almost a weekly basis. Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher, I'm not sure how he's going to backtrack off the comments he made. I just he, think doesn't he, he really hates Satan. Yeah, he hates Saban. He hates Saban. And, and, and it's really personal. And yep.
4: there are a few things there. Because this is the other thing, too. Jimbo Fisher is very, very Baptist. And rightly or wrongly, Baptists have a grudge against the LGBTQ and whatever other letters there are out their community.
0: Right. And that so Alabama. It's just
4: like a cultural hatred that Jimbo has on uh Nick Satan. I
0: just I just think that Alabama AM game has 51 to 17 written all over it. When A and goes goes down there, I just think that, so, that I, I think if I whatever three one Jimbo throwing bombs in the last second, <laughs> yeah, so, something like that. I think Alabama is going to be in the fifties in that game. I, I don't. I think Satan's just Saban's just going to keep pouring it on and pouring it on and pouring it on and and tell Bill O'Brien, hey, throw your best plays at him. Let let's get let's get the score up that much more. So, you know. AM is probably gonna win nine games this year. I don't care about the Kentuckys, the Arkansas, whoever else is ranked, Texas AM is definitely the third team in that conference.
3: And they what do no you guys difference. think
2: um, Texas A uh what do you think Alabama will be favored by in that game against Texas AM? 20. I would yeah. make it minus 20
4: 21.
2: But while you guys were talking, I went into my database, uh, a top 10 ranked matchup. With the home team a double-digit favorite since two thousand seven, which obviously is when savings started. Right. Twenty-one and two straight up, thirteen and ten against the number, but interestingly enough, sixteen and seven to the under. Right. So you know, pencil that one down there. I think too that um, you know, especially if both teams are coming off an over game, I would have to think that under was going to get pretty tasty.
4: Hundred percent. Yeah, because that nailed it.
0: What yeah, do you think job. that over/under is going to be in that game? It's going to be in the high 60s in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. probably gotta be, right. Got to yeah.
3: be north of 60 for sure. Yep.
0: Yeah. Right. So right. I, I don't know. Like I said, if it's a, if if it's got 51:14 written all over, and it's like 68 to 72, the under is going to hit, and that may be what happens. That may be well, what happens because it's going to be a big game, and we all know that couple, John.
4: They're a rich couple. They're in Biloxi, Mississippi. They're having a good time. They've been drinking. And the, oh, the next game. It's Alabama and uh and uh in Texas AM. Hey, let's put and, and the, other thing, the over and let's put 10 grand on Alabama on 21. Let's have fun yeah. watching that game.
0: We've and the other thing keep in mind that the game will blues. probably be a Saturday night primetime game for ABC. Oh
4: yeah,
0: yep, for sure. For sure. For sure. 100 percent So That's the other thing to keep in mind with that game,
4: too. 100%. All right. Really good stuff. Making people money. And uh, my wife's from the South. so She calls these guys the Arkansas Razorbacks. (laughs) The Arkansas Razorbacks. One of my favorite coaches, Sam Pittman. He's put a lot of guys into the NFL. He wants to run this program as an office of the line program. So he recruits 15 offensive line of and make sure he has them every year. Uh, two year cycles. Last year I think there was an up cycle, and here I'm going to show you guys a sequence. Right? It's going to be analogous to uh, what we're going to talk about. Uh, what we're going to talk about. We showed it on the on the podcast with. Um, with uh Chad's brother. So Chad can speak to this, right? Because it goes to KJ Jefferson. So this is gonna be, and let me know if you guys can see this, right? This is gonna be an analogy between
1: a thrower and a passer, right?
4: So now we got uh, your Tennessee guy. Right, and he's the same type of guy. So he takes the ball, boom. He looks at it. What does he do? He's looking to run. He throws it at him. He did not pass it to him. He gunned it in there. Basically, bounced it off his uh his pads. Good hit by that four-two-five Nick Satan Bill Belichick defense run by Pat Narduzzi. At Pitt, okay, he goes to the sidelines, he has to set play, he looks back, he's sweating bullets, he's looking to the sideline for the play, right, play action, boom, he throws it at him instead of passing the football to him. This guy's a runner, he's a thrower, now we need a black quarterback because he needs to recruit black guys. He looks like Bubba Haas racist. So he needs a black guy at quarterback for recruiting reasons. You saw what he did? Now, let's look at our Heisman guy, right? Our Heisman quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers, Chad's brother. We can't bet Oregon State games because we're biased, but we're gonna look at a passer and that's why Chad Nolan, number 10 here, not Chad, but Chance, is pro football's number one rated quarterback. Look, nice pump. He passed it to him. Let him run under the football. The Beavers back from a 20-point deficit against those Purdue Boilermakers. And I'm not going to go out Coach Smith, but he made a mistake. But Chance Nolan does not make excuses. He makes plays. That's a passer versus a thrower. Where do you think, Chad, as we get into K.J. Jefferson? is yeah, the same type of guy over there with the, the Arkansas
3: Razorbacks? In, uh, you know, that's what we were talking about with T.J. Finley at Auburn. Uh,
4: <laughs> right, you know, T.J. Finley, same thing.
3: College football Arson,
4: Racist, Mormon guy. He needs to recruit guys, so he has a black starting quarterback. Go
3: ahead. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's it's pivotal in college. You see it in college football, man. There's just that fine line between the throwers and passers. The guys that are, you know, the really good athletes, fast, you know, can, can't, you know, can can extend plays, um, you know, be involved in the run game. But you know, they're not uh, elite, you know, passers. And um, you know, that's in, in college football right now. I mean, quarterbacks. I was like, uh, the quarterback position is the one position that can change a team, you know, right away. Right, if you suck there, you're going to be sucked. You bring in a great guy transfer. And That is, that's a position that has the most you know, ability to, to alter a team, you know, like we, you know, we say like football is the ultimate team sport, right? Like basketball is different. You can go get a LeBron on your high school team and like, you are going. Stage. You know, it's, it's um you know, football is not, not like that necessarily. You know, if you, you have the best quarterback, but if you don't have a line, you know, that can protect them or you don't have a receiver that can go, you know, make a play for them. Um, you know, but the quarterback is the one position where you have the biggest impact to make the team good or suck. So, um, no, that's, that's, that's a big thing. I think when you're sports betting, especially these guys that don't have a lot of reps or, um, you know, are competing is like, look at these quarterbacks, look at, you know, the, the those, the, I mean that, that you can, if you can identify the guys that are the good passers and the guys that are the throwers, um, it's just really going to help you, you know, f- decide your, where you're going with totals over, under and just, you know, cover and spreads, you know, you got that guy that's a, that's a, that's a good passer and he's a big dog, you know? You know, they're going to put one in in the fourth quarter and, uh, and you know, make that play and get you that backdoor cover. So just identifying quarterbacks and uh, how their styles are, are huge because, you know, you got the guy that's the runner. I mean, you got to look, these games are going to be shorter. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're going to struggle to cover bigger numbers as favorites when they're when they got that running style. Exactly. They're going to you know, they're going to shorten the game as well. So it's going to be hard for them to cover cover big spreads. So. Um, you know, being able to identify that is like, I would say, like the number one thing, like, I kind of look at starting handicapping a game. I'm looking right. at, you know, looking at these quarterbacks, watching the film, evaluating them because they have the ball in their hands every play and they have the biggest impact on what's going to happen to that spread and that total.
0: 100%. We'll go Scott and then John. So, Arkansas to me is one of those teams in, in any conference that is sneaky that stays in every game that runs the ball, good offensive line, solid defense. They're not flashy. They're just solid across the board. So what Arkansas does on defense is plays this four two, six scheme. They want to get as many cornerbacks on the field as possible because they want to try to take away the passing game. And they want to try to make you one dimensional, which is run the ball, right. get up big, and then teams have to throw the ball against them. So to me, they won nine games last year. They're probably going to be in or around that nine-win uh, season again. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to give you know I don't know who they have on the schedule in terms of SEC, but if they have Georgia, Alabama, they're going to give those teams trouble. They really are. Their defense and their just at Jefferson, and I almost said Justin Jeffrey, Jefferson. Jefferson um, yeah. will give Alabama, AK, Georgia, yeah. or any SEC team problems, and they'll be able to run the ball. They lost Traylon Burks, but they got a uh, uh, transfer in to replace him. Not an explosive receiving core, but a solid receiving core that know how to run routes and get open. So to me, Arkansas is another nine-win, eight-nine-win SEC team that will go to one of those higher-up bowl games and give any any program problems. So I like Arkansas and the SEC. I think their ranking is justified with them this year. So...
4: Right, so Sam Pittman has had 14 offensive linemen uh, drafted and playing in the NFL. They have 101 career starts on the offensive line. Sam Pittman, offensive coordinator is Kendall Bryles. His dad, uh, again, should be in jail. He allowed the rape of multiple women in the university of Baylor. That's why he's no longer coaching. (laughs) Kendall's there. He gets a break. Uh, Very simple offense. Uh, And defensive coordinator is Barry Odom, who uh, knows how to do more with less. They're not going to get a coach, John. What do you think about Arkansas Razorbacks?
2: Arkansas is is the wild card. I agree with everything that's been said to date. And I'm bullish on them. Uh, They arguably have one of the easier schedules of an SEC team this year. Granted, they started out with a 23rd-ranked Cincinnati team. Right. out of the American Conference, but then they, they have uh, Texas A&M and Alabama back-to-back weeks, and then they, you know, what if they split those games somehow? They, they could easily – I could see them with two, maybe three losses on the most optimistic side. One of the wild cards, and it would be interesting to see what you guys think of this, is their transfer is going to play slot. From Oklahoma, is NFL ready, NFL uh, prototypical athleticism, physicality? And Jaden Hasselwood, um, ha- with Jefferson having him at his disposal for quick slants, right? I immediately think that that negates the Texas A&M blitz, the Alabama blitz, and they run those plays and throw into the slot where the blitz is coming from. I think you know Hasselwood has the potential and the speed to break these uh, tackles for big gains. So sure. that that's Love just it. one example that I've thought of that could be really exciting for this Arkansas team going forward. They have 35 new guys on the team from the transfer portal right. and also freshmen. So the, the future here in terms of the freshmen that they got and recruited is, a, is an excellent class that I think is vastly underrated,
0: in my humble opinion. So you, I you talk, John, you talked about those two games, Texas A&M and Alabama. I would lean more toward the Texas A&M game they went, more than the Alabama game.
1: Uh, I agree, hundred
0: percent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think Especially I'll if they win against A and Yep, and I'll hammer hard on Texas A and M uh, on the Texas A losing that game to Arkansas, for sure. So, yep. Yeah. That,
4: no, that I mean, was yep. great. That was great football knowledge, man. Mate, very exciting, John. That football knowledge you're bringing, because that triggered a question for Chad. So he's in the slot. What do I do? Do I do some bump and run? Because KJ can't throw. I want KJ to show me some accuracy, right? This is what I think KJ is going to do to that guy in the slot. If I, bump, sure and ru- I- bump and yeah, run, can him, you back that up to that the snap? What, what do you think? Go, go ahead,
0: guys.
2: I, I say, think, can you back that up to the pre-snap?
0: Yeah, I think what Arkansas might do this year: shorter, very short routes, and get the ball out of Jefferson's hands quick yeah so it, I, yep. I think that slot receiver will be big on these very short three to five yard
3: uh outs so something to add to something say. to add with arkansas here too is right jefferson they got the quick guys the slot guys um but they lost Traylon burks right tall big six five vertical threat speed could go win those 50 50 throws so that's going to be a big role at receiver that they're going to need to fill as a guy that can really stretch. They got the quick guys that can give you the short, quick stuff and the intermediate stuff, but uh, getting down the field and um, you know being a, a bigger body guy, being able to just kind of be a uh, because I mean Traylon Burks last year bailed out KJ Jefferson so many times like he just threw that shit up and Traylon just came right, down. Right, and, right, I mean exactly, exactly. It was no one else would have made that play, you know. So like that was a huge. You know, I, I'm pretty sure Traylon Burks went in the first round at receiver this year in the NFL draft. Yeah, um, he did. He did. So, I mean, the guy, he, he's a stud athlete. Um, I mean, first round pick receiver, those are guys you don't just have every year on your team. So, that spot is going to be critical. Having that bailout, that guy that can just go get you a 40 yard gain and it's not even a good throw. He just out, you know, that's going to be something I think I'm looking at early on, you know, um, be, because that Traylon Burks, you know, I mean, I can't remember what yeah uh, wow. I want to say it was like the LSU game. I mean, there was a game last year. It was a game where they were just going up and down the field, up and down the field. I think it was uh,
4: Mississippi. No, was it, it? might have been LSU
3: or no, it was Ole Miss, Ole, Ole, Ole Miss. Miss.
4: Yeah, Mississippi.
3: Yeah. Ole Arkansas Miss. Ole Miss game last year, right? Up and down the field, all game. Um, and Traylon Burks, I mean, it was just a huge part of that. So I think, Having finding that receiver like him that that's going to be able to you know he was a big part of their offense getting up and down the field a lot of times last year so I think that's going to be a, a big a loss for them It's something they'll need to fill on er, er, early on in the season so and and before
0: John goes goes in this pre snap stuff what they may have been doing what they may be doing in practice is as soon as the back foot hits get rid of the ball right. this kid you know take the snap one two three back foot hits out the ball's gone. And that negates any pass rush that these teams will have against them. So I would look for that a lot in the Arkansas offense is quick, quick out with the quarterback. One, two, three, gone. One, two, three, gone. You know, back foot gone. So yeah, I agree.
4: I hit the I thought a would mention pre snap, like it's fun pre-snap. to do during the there you go.
2: Like during the game, uh, you can watch this. Yeah, I I find this fun. Right. Um, what the quarterback right now is he sees a four man front. Okay, right. that's pretty normal in the SEC. They all run four man fronts. They do four in the NFL five, as well. Yeah, the Patriots the only one that don't. There. So his job now, you see number zero there, looks like he's going into motion. So that would initially, in my opinion, tell him that it's probably going to be man. His next job is to determine which one of these seven guys, of those linebackers, is going to come with the, the pressure because the SEC is loaded with edge rushers that can also defend tight ends in coverage. Right. And that's really the key to the, you know, hitting the slot, because you could also, you know, just have your eyes only on the slot receiver. And guess what happens against Alabama and those teams? It gets picked off for six. Right. So, um, you know, I I find that funny, and it tells you a lot about what the quarterback is, um, you know, where he's at, you know, maturity-wise. Is he able to see – and anticipate—that's the key word. Anticipate what the heck is going on in the field before
4: it happens. And to your point, I hate this, right? Look at him. Look at him, right? See, see oh, his. so turn. he's running
2: off the field to get off because there's 12 men on the
4: field. Well, look at look at him. He's looking at Heifel <laughs> to tell him what to do, because Hypel's reading the defense for him. A mature quarterback like you're talking about is making those reads himself.
2: Right. Exactly. He can't
4: do that right? especially as a freshman I hate that trust the kid let him read the defense like John say yeah. and let him play but Heifel's yeah. not going to do that that's why I was sad to see him leave you can't finish it hurts for me I wanted to keep him there because he he sucks as a coach he's just a lucky guy or maybe good at interviewing. but look he's getting his play from the sidelines you're giving him too much man and that's why you know and we get to the 425 defense. Right. Yep. You got the forefront, your two linebackers. And then what you have with Narducey, right, we talked about it in the draft is your rover. And they're going to be playing, which plays lot of these early season games. This is vanilla, right? Because the real schemes are saving it for the uh, ACC uh, schedule. Now I'll, I'll close out the Arkansas, like my wife would say, Razorbacks. They're going to be a beat-up football team. Uh, Finkel, state champion. I'll put a link on the episode notes. Uh, when Finkel came from behind and pinned the guy to win the Ohio State championship, Finkel knows a lot of technique. And, man, Cincinnati has a new team. It's going to be a physical team. They're going to be beat up when they play South Carolina. Beamer ball. Beamer ball is all about running and physicality. And then they play Missouri State, which basically a bye week. And then they get beat up again against. Uh, so I like what uh, Scott said. Because <clears throat> Coach, looking at the schedule, is going to have a better shot against Texas a because they're going to be beat up playing against Alabama. Uh, what well, does Mike Leach have dialed up for him? A Starkville. That's going to be interesting. Because KJ is going to have to score some points in that game. At BYU in the altitude. I'll pick BYU second half line, at Auburn. Hartson coaching for his job. Liberty isn't what it used to be, but Coach Freeze did coach in the SEC. I see a big out coaching job uh, with Coach Kelly at LSU against good old Fat uh, Sammy Pittman. Both need to get in shape. Then uh, Mississippi with Lame Kiffin, and finishes up with Eli Jerkwith. Any other thoughts on Arkansas, guys? Nope. All right. We'll go to uh, Coach Crazy, right? Coach Mike Leach. uh, Air Raid. Uh, He's his own offensive line coach. He's his own quarterbacks coach. He's his own offensive coordinator. Head coach. Uh, he lets the defensive coordinator do what he wants. All he wants is one stop from his defensive coordinator. Uh, nothing really matters with him other than the teams he f- kind of focuses on. Uh, he views non conference games as preseason games, like Chip Kelly. So, man, you got to look hard at Bowling Green. Does Bowling Green have any players? At Arizona, I really like him to get out coached. And I like the Wildcats, Jet Fish. I like Jet Fish a lot because he's like me. He never played a down football, but God bless him. He never played a down football, and he's making $5 million a year as a power five head coach. We'll go John, Chad, and and Scott with your Mississippi State Bulldogs. That's all you got. We just got
2: done talking about Arkansas being um, in a – Pretty good situation. Mississippi State, in the middle of their schedule, is just brutal. Number six, Texas A&M, October 1 in week five, or game five. Arkansas following that up, um, both those games are at home. Then they go on the road at Kentucky, who's number 20. And Kentucky's a team that has a lot of returning talent. They had an excellent recruiting class this past year. Still not anywhere close to Alabama or Georgia, but they closed the gap a little bit, perhaps. Then after Kentucky, they got Alabama. Yeah. Then and then they after all that, then they got to play Auburn, who you know isn't horribly bad. Right. You know, a 500 team in the SEC is is going to be a top-notch team in just about any other conference except for the Big Ten.
1: Right.
2: You know, so I don't see. I I lean kind of a disappointing season here for uh, Mike Leach. Um, just ran a little query here for that, uh, facing three ranked opponents. And then the fourth one, um, 20, they are 21 and two after facing three ranked opponents. These teams are, but 13 and 10 against the number. So if they're favored, you probably want to stay off of it. Right. And then, uh, the under again is 16 and seven. So, you know, that is, um, another under lean there. It's almost similar to what the uh, Alabama one was, too, I think.
4: you got to look at that Memphis game, because that Memphis game means a lot more to Memphis than it does Mississippi State, and Memphis has equal to better players than Mississippi State in that game. What do you think, Chad?
3: Yeah, I, uh, I don't have too much on Mississippi State, but I mean, Leech really hasn't had too much success. Um, I mean, I think they, they started off decent last year and they kind of tanked it off towards the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just I just they just has a, a slight disadvantage to me right now, just talent wise, recruiting wise in the SEC. Um, you know, I mean, there's always a team that surprises you too. I mean, there's always a team that 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 will surprise you in the SEC. You know, and, and compete and, and do their thing. But I mean, it's just. You know, I, I just feel like Leach is, is kind of like – he's like that, that Pete Carroll we talked about in the NFL last year. He's just stuck in his ways. Like, he's running monsoon. that damn air raid. It's a monsoon. It's freaking raining, and, and he's still trying to throw the ball 60 times in the game, and it's like, exactly. you just – like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you're not you're just getting your ass kicked, and you're just – you are just he can not change. So, um, you know, I feel like Leach is a typical kind of guy. You know, he can't change, and – uh you know what you're getting with them. Uh, you can kind of, you know, you you know, use that, use that information to, you know, kind of predict the outcomes with the Mississippi State games. Um, but that's about all I got from Mississippi State.
4: Yeah, my wife's a psychotherapist, but statistically, 95% of people cannot change or are not willing to change. So a guy like Mike Leach making six million dollars a year, there's no reason for him to change. He has gives his quarterback two plays. If there's seven guys in the box, you throw it. If there's six, you run it. What do you think, Scott Cove, Mississippi State?
0: Yeah, I'm as a better, I'm never on a team that is pass heavy or run heavy as much as this team uh, in terms of uh, picking them to, to cover the spread or whatever. Um, I will look at their overrun to the points on some games, Um I just think, as John outlined, their, their middle part of their schedule is just brutal. It's It really is. And they may not win a game in that middle part of the schedule. He just throws the ball. He, he's almost 80% throw the ball. And that's just way too much for my liking. You need to run the ball, keep defensive ball, defenses honest. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't even attempt to do it. No, He, he says, you know what I'm doing? Try to stop it. And, you know, teams do. Teams do. He, he's not. I'd like to see what his career record is, because I don't. I don't think it's as above five hundred as a lot of people think it is. They just are in love because the guy throws the ball so much. So right. That's, that's all what games I think where, that
4: where he doesn't have a clear advantage now. Jimmy Lake beat him five times in a row. Bill Belichick beat McVay. The way you beat the air raid is you rush three, you drop eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, again, we heard it from the horse's mouth. Kitty, who's now the office coordinator at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, when they have a clear advantage, it's okay, because they could wear out a defense. But in the SEC, there's more depth. And he's not going to change his ways uh, as far as that's concerned. And he does have bigger offensive linemen to be able to run the ball when there's six guys in the box. But really, Mike Leach is not going to change his ways. He's going to keep doing the same thing. He might go 8-4, 7 five. Who knows? That's really Mississippi State. All right. All right. From then, we'll go to your LSU Bengal Tigers. Son of a gun. We're going to have some fun down on the bayou. My direct evidence of Brian Kelly was Cincinnati against USF, I was on the sidelines. The famous game where Coach Levitt unfortunately choked a player in front of me and got fired because he missed, he missed the block on a punch. <laughs> but really, he should have gone for it, of course, and won. He's a great coach. Uh, in that game, we had JPP. We had uh, Nian Allen. We had a clear physical advantage. And Brian Kelly clearly outcoached and outsmarted Jim Levin. And then he goes to Notre Dame, does more with less, gets into the playoffs, gets blown out. Now he has some talent. Now he brings in uh, a good quarterback, right? Jalen Daniels from Arizona State. He has a lot of talent. He's great at the NBA part of it. Putting together a staff. Uh, he's paying his stress and conditioning coach over a million dollars. Leaving. I lived in New Orleans for one year. You go to a city council meeting. You go, boy, son, son, let me know anything you need, Josh. I'll help you. No, I'm, I'm all right. Because <laughs> you owe that guy. Believe me. Referees are under a lot of pressure in Baton Rouge and Louisiana for those games. So LSU is going to be a very interesting football team. We'll go Scott and then John.
0: So uh, my personal opinion, this Brian Kelly hire was 2023 and beyond. I think basically this year he's going to have the strength and conditioning coach. He's going to, he's going to have all the intricacies in place, but I think it's going to take them a full year to get used to his system. What he wants to do his tendencies on offense, his tendencies on defense, I think they will be a really competitive team in the SEC this year. Right. I think they will win their share of games, but I just think that the Brian Kelly hire was more so for next year and beyond, not this year. I think this year they'll, they'll win seven, eight games. They'll get a good bowl. Um, they'll probably win that bowl. Um, but I, I think Brian Kelly's stamp on this team will be next year. He has a stud wide receiver, a guy that's probably going to go top, Five to ten in the NFL draft when he comes out. Um, you know he's got a he's got three quarterbacks applying uh, going for that job. I think the kid they transferred in from I think Arizona State. You said
4: yeah, Jalen Daniel Daniels. Did I think Dad in in well. the
0: end he's going to be the one that wins that job? I think because I don't think they brought him in just to sit on the bench and be a you backup. No, he
4: has too much talent.
0: Yeah, so I think he's going to win that job. And I, I think he's going to put the Brian Kelly stamp on this team. And I think they're going to win eight games. I'm, I'm looking at them as an eight-win SEC team. And I think they'll be very, very competitive and a high-scoring team because they have all the tools on offense to be that. So that that's my opinion on them.
4: Yeah, I like the high scoring. Um, I'm looking for the over-under that Florida State game. That game definitely should go over. What do you yep. think, John?
2: I like what I, I hear. One question I have uh, for LSU this year is they have a freshman, Will Campbell, starting at left tackle. Uh, inexperience in the SEC, especially at that majorly key position to protect right. the quarterback is a little bit of concern. Um, yeah. But obviously he's a, a very talented individual. Otherwise, he wouldn't be starting at the SEC level he must be of a college football.
4: Specimen. Yeah.
2: Their uh, schedule – is a little bit uh, backloaded, I guess, I would call it. Their toughest games are at the end of the season. And uh, they don't play a ranked opponent until October 22nd against Ole Miss, who's now 20, ranked 21. So who knows if they're going to be ranked 10th by then or out of the rankings. Yep. But the, the team on deck then is Alabama, who we know probably won't be anything lower than a 5. Uh, I can't even imagine um, them being lower than 5 unless something really weird happens this year. And then they have to go on the road to Arkansas after playing Alabama. You know, that, that's a pretty tough trio of plays right there. Yep. Then they have a you – know, all due respect to UAB, they have a scrimmage. But then they got to get right at it for the season-ending finale at Texas A&M. Uh, so they could win seven games and then lose all those run games uh, down the stretch and end up, you know, um, eight and – what would that be? Eight and six.
4: Right. Yeah, which would which would be to Scott's point, starting point for for Coach Kelly over there at L, at uh, LSU. Uh, the yep. Florida State game is a big game for Mike Nor- <laughs> Norvell. Yeah. All the Florida State people want him out of there. Um, and I'm looking at the numbers for that game. What do you think, Chad? Uh, LSU. Yeah. Um, you know so- Jalen Daniels well too.
3: Yeah, yeah. my brother actually played against him uh, senior year in high school. My brother, Chance and Jaden played against each other the first game of the season. See, so, yeah, I saw him play in high school. I saw him play, you know, last two years, saw him live last year up in Corvallis. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, Brian Kelly and his first year, you know, first year head coaches, you know, making the transition to the sec. I can't see him just running through and, and winning it all. Definitely see some, some, some growing pains. Um, Strength of schedule. I mean, it's a lot tougher than Notre Dame. A lot more talent. Uh, in and out every week. You know, the schedules are not comparable. Um, you know, and and he's in a big market with a tough, tough fan base. You know, they start going south there. You know, like so, you know, they they start off hot and they lose three or four in a row. Um, you know. That fan base, you know, they 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 could be quick to turn on them. Uh, it's a tough job there. Uh, no, tough. I don't think that I don't think the leash is very infinite. I think the leash is, you know, you go he's, to a, a, like he's that, a
4: cultural misfit. Yeah, you don't.
3: He's you know, Catholic if you and don't,
4: Baptist territory. You don't yeah.
3: produce in in your first two seasons there. You're, you're, there's a good chance you're, you're out of there. So, um, you know, it'll be. You know they're in a in a transition with the new first year head coach there, um, and, and you know going to stepping into that SEC, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch them compete and see how uh, how how uh, you know Brian Kelly gets them going. And uh, you know I'm, I'm looking. so is Jaden Daniels going to get the starting job? What do, what yeah, he has
4: like? he has too much talent. if to Scott's point. If this is a year for next year, you want him in there. Remember, if you can make three first downs. With your legs, you're gonna win 70% of the games. That's what Coach Kelly wants him to do if he's confused back there. But uh we'll finish up LSU with this question, Chad. You see them live. We see him in Oregon State, uh, in Arizona State. What I like about Jalen Daniels is that he has some passer in him, he's not just a thrower. Yeah, he can lay, he can lay the ball in
3: there. He's he, I mean, he's he's more of a uh closer to a passer than a thrower than a lot of other guys. You know, two years ago, he had a really good year as a passer. Last year, he kind of had some regression throwing the ball. Uh, accuracy rate, completion percentage down, was not as accurate down the field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, looking for him to, re- you know, make some progress and return stride as a, a passer will be huge because, he, you know, he's only a 190-pound, 185-pound guy. Um, right. You no. Know, how many hits the sec's got some i mean they're i mean it's you're gonna have to work a flat compl-
4: jacket on the air you're, force you're, yeah
3: you're taking a step towards the nfl right where a lot of quarterbacks that can run in college that doesn't translate to the nfl with those bigger faster guys chasing yeah. you so um you know i'm curious to see if he still can 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 um run the ball like he did the last two years and if he and the willingness you know if he get takes one early on bam in the first quarter is he going to be like ah maybe I'm going to throw this one away instead of go get this eight yards and get smacked. Um, so that, that, that'll be, I'm curious to see how, how his running transitions to a little bit higher level and then um, seeing, you know, seeing, seeing, you know, where he is throwing the ball. If, you know, he's, he's making some steps forward, um, you know, improving from last year because he did, did struggle a little bit um, from where he was anticipated preseason last year to where he finished. So uh, that's All what right. I'll be looking for with, with them.
4: Yeah. Right. Good stuff. So uh take your notebooks out gonna make you a little money right now before we get to those Georgia bulldogs to see if those dogs can hunt. Uh, I took Florida State about the half a point three and a half. I sprinkled 130 and so I bet a thousand dollars a game, right So I have four hundred dollars on Florida State plus three and a half. I have. 450 dollars on over 50. And the rest I got 130 money line. My rivals, the Florida State Criminals. First game of the season against these over override- <laughs> SEC LSU with new offenses and uh, good old Jalen Daniels. And my last one is when you look at the schedule. At Auburn, Tennessee, they're going to be beat up. Then I just came from Florida. I jogged my mother-in-law's backyard, came back hyperventilating. ventilating. almost thought I'd need an IV. Second half at the Swamp, second half line. Because that's the way coach likes to do it down there, coach. The Florida coach likes to beat you up and tire you down in the second half. The so second half line with those new freshmen. And they're not going to be in condition to play the second half in the Swamp. They call it a swamp because it's underneath the water, man. You can't breathe with that heat and humidity. Not an overhyped team, four two five to the core, from the Bill Belichick, Nick Satan tree. Kirby Smart work for both those guys. Uh, great. They have NFL staff, right? Todd Monken, his brother, head coach at Army. Todd Monken, coach in the NFL he's their guy, their offense coordinator is Mr. Luke who was the head coach of Mississippi. Defensive coordinator doesn't matter. Kirby's the defense coordinator and they all run the Nick Satan defense. Last year was run by Mr. Lanning. First game of the season. That's spills under same thing here with Devils seeing 10-7 like last year. So, I'm going to check what the under is on that uh, but I think I already bet it. Uh, that game at South Carolina, again, is going to be under. And South Carolina could win that football game. Stetson Bennett is a nepotism guy, right? His dad is best friends with Kirby Smart. That's why he's there. Uh, Chan, he has Stetson Bennett has 15% of the talent that Chance Nolan has, his, his brother. So Stetson Bennett, I think he's going to screw the pooch here. And uh, Georgia's going to have about three losses. Uh, It's going to be an oversold stock, so I would go the other way. We're going to go, we're going to go. John, Scott, and Chad, what do you think, John, on those Georgia Bulldogs?
2: Oh, here again, Georgia has a a schedule that is arguably probably one of the easiest ones in the SEC until they would have a collision with Alabama in the championship game. Right. Uh, they win that first game against Oregon. They're 17 and a half point favorites. Uh, you're know, looking at their defense. It, it's give me impressive. The Ducks plus but...
4: 18. I'm going to buy the half point. Give me Oregon Ducks plus 18 points. My friends. And neighbors. Uh, I don't know the
2: line. The line uh, guys is 17 and a half. Why should I give them 18?
4: Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm just paranoid.
2: I'm just kidding. But, you know, the defense lost a lot to the NFL. Uh, In that first round, especially and deserving so, but they're bringing back a defense that may not as good. Uh, They were historic last year. Yards per point is one of the metrics I look at a lot, and they were you know in the thirties. That means that every offense on average required thirty yards of offense to get one point on the board. Penn State had a really good defense last year as well, and they were around right around twenty. So the dis the distance and in uh, talent and performance levels was late years uh, difference between the Georgia defense and any other. Uh, so they're not going to be that good, but they're going to be in that, I think, that 20 to 24-point range, and if they accomplish that, they're going to be in every single game. And because of that defense, they may be in in blowout situations. So what happens when Georgia got ahead? Then all of a sudden they start yeah, running, running, running stunts and blitzes, and especially the younger the quarterback is, the more overwhelming they become. So, um, you know, the SEC, and I hate saying, because I always like, uh, I like cheering for the dogs. I don't know about you guys, but I like rooting for an underdog, like, you know, like in Arkansas this year. Um, And, you know, to see them come through and and really, uh, you know, be the next kid on the block to, you know, be able to punch Alabama and Georgia in the face. Uh, But nevertheless, Georgia is going to be a very good team. They have a, a fairly... Easy schedule, as I said. They have, I think, two ranked teams. If you can believe that, uh, let me just take a look here. Uh, Their schedule: well, number, number first game out of, out of the gate is number eleven at Oregon, and then they don't play a ranked team until Kentucky, the second right. to last game of the year.
3: Yeah, and who even knows? Hard if Kentucky to make a case that they ranked. don't
2: go undefeated if they win that first game. Yeah.
4: Well, actually, I like at Missouri. Eli with coaching for his job. Uh, Good point. he got guys on defense. He's an offensive-minded guy. He can pull an upset in that situation. Hartson, the same way. Offensive guy, young defense. He can pull an upset. I, I think Georgia's going to lose three games this year. Uh, well, the,
2: you know, the, the cocktail party that we're not allowed to say anymore, Florida. Right and Georgia at Jacksonville, Neutral uh, Stadium. It's been going on since 1924, I think it is. And uh, for whatever reason in today's world, we can't say that that's the cocktail party anymore. I still don't understand that. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. Uh, But that that, that is obviously a great game to attend.
4: And and I know, and we should probably all go one year, I I have really good friends that uh, they're early retiree Georgia Bulldog boosters. And they put three RBs together. We're all invited to eat and drink as much as we can. <laughs> and then we can go, go into the game. So I don't know there how you can call that a cocktail party. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, so but yeah, but that's gonna be a tough game. I see them. I, I see them, you know, two it's you know, first year of a two-year cycle. Kirby's now making $10 million a year, no state taxes. He wants to develop the team for next year. Then to Bennett and, and, and that at Missouri is a, is a very sticky situation. Auburn, Florida, as you're mentioning, and uh, Tennessee, man, maybe Josh Heupel with that offense again can pull something out. So They're going to be in very tricky games. Mike Leach is an offensive guy. So I wouldn't be shocked if they lose three out of those five games. What do you think, Chad? Oh, here's,
2: here's an interesting yeah. uh, little
4: angle. I'll do this really quick. Yeah. Uh,
2: this is for game one. Bet on favorites of 10.5 to, to 19. I'm sorry, 10.5 to 21 points inclusive. That were very good rushing teams from the previous season that averaged 5.25 or more yards per carry. Has the quarterback returning, and the game occurs in the first four weeks of the season. 50 and 20 Against the spread over the last 30 years of college football. So it's pretty rare. That translates to 70% winners. It's 71 and four straight up. And uh, let's see here 32 and 14 against the number over the last 10 seasons. So that's even a little bit better. That supports Georgia in game one.
4: It supports Georgia. Yeah, but situational intelligence, highest level of intelligence, right? Those cops and they need to knock those door down and shoot that guy. I love Oregon. This mm-hmm. what, 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 what do you think, uh, Chad? Chad Nolan, Nolan Scott.
3: Um, you know, I, I think first game of the year. I think it's going to be. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be kind of similar to the last year we saw the Oregon Ohio State game, where Oregon ended up beating Ohio State, and they were about twenty-one yep. point dogs or seventeen, about about the same range. Um, right. I think that game's competitive. I think uh, I think it's competitive for sure. I think Oregon will cover that spread. Um, I think it should be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, in my opinion.
4: But the the um, thing is that, is that Dan Lanning is a Nick Satan, Kirby Smart disciple through and through. They're going to be running that four-two-five. Basically, both teams are going to be playing the same thing against each other.
3: Yeah. And uh,
4: Lanning I, recruited the guys on the other side, and they all love him. He's a very charismatic what, what, anybody guy. Anybody know the total for football. that one? Another Nick Satan guy, right? I can
0: look Mario it up.
4: Cristobal, Mario Cristobal recruited the same type of players that Lanning will recruit because they all come from that Nick Satan philosophy in three, right? Mario Cristobal won four national titles as the offensive line coach for Nick Satan. So those offensive linemen, right, have the same characteristics that that coaching tree likes right and so it's so it, it just it's so much familiarity and who knows Stetson better better than landing who's been coaching against them in uh spring practice and the summer illegal practices and fall practice
3: yeah and and georgia as as a team i do see the defense was incredible last year right. defense should regress from last year they're still going to be elite yeah, one they're of the best in the, defenses in the yeah. country um you know quarterback wise Stetson bennett going to be a good game manager uh you know going to make the good play going to make the right play but the big plays when they need it in those big games SEC championship against alabama in the playoffs i think that'll kind of um you know be be a, a stinker for them at, at points uh, they should have a great running game and, and a great defense and be in every game because of that um you know i'm I, i'm I think in close competitive games, I, I like Georgia to probably lean to the under like that Oregon game, first game of the year. I mean oh,
4: under for sure.
3: Under. I mean, I, I would think it's gonna be sixty high fifties. Um, I haven't looked at that number yet, but definitely something that I I I, I could see that one. You know, like Josh was saying, two two similar four two fives. Familiarity to me, um, screams the uh you know, the under here in this one. And uh and the first game of the year just getting the, the rust off. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that, that's what I'm thinking here. But yeah, guys, I, I gotta hop off. Um, All right, so brother. See you thank you. See you guys next time.
4: Right on, Chad. All
3: right, Chad. All right, Chad. Yep, yep. Nice to meet you.
4: So, Me too. Oregon returns. Let's look at this. 86 career starts on that offensive line. I think they're gonna keep that keep that game under control. What do you the think? Ol-
0: you for the Georgia over game? under that Georgia Oregon game is 50 one-and-a-half right now, so right. it's low. It's very low. Um, two points. Oregon's been in this situation before. One year ago against Ohio State, right. and they won the game outright, where nobody was basically picking them to win the game.
1: Right.
0: Second point is Georgia lost almost every defensive player to the NFL. Right. I mean, when we were doing the draft, Josh, it was, it was huh? uncanny. Every other pick was a Georgia defensive guy <laughs> right. going to the NFL. Exactly. So, and number 3 in my opinion this Georgia team will be a really good straight up bet but a not so good against the spread bet right because their their point spreads will be high teens early 20s in most games and if that's the case i think Georgia is going to play a lot they're a team that could play a lot of closer games to get ready for the alabamas and stuff like that exactly. so i personally think Against the spread, they will not be a good bet. Straight up, they will be a really good bet. Oh, exactly. That's that's my opinion on them.
4: All right. No, exactly, exactly. All right. I hundred percent agree. Thank you, John, for being on with us. He's going to go after the good old Tennessee Volunteers. Josh Heupel, know him well. He coached at You Can't Finish University. I'm from USF. They're my rivals. He's a great recruiter. Uh, decent XS and O's. He throws a k- kitchen sink in the first half, and then I make a lot of money betting against him in the second half lines. Big who his defensive coordinator is. he got a good guy from Penn State. What do you think about the Tennessee's Volunteers, John? Well,
2: there's no other team uh, in the SEC with a fan base and media that uh, provides more hype than uh, what the Tennessee Volunteers teams have to Endure. Uh, right. They seem to be overly, overly overhyped, and then uh, when they play to who they really are, uh, the fan base uh, gets very disappointed, and they want to fire the coach. And exactly. you know, just ask any of those former coaches what it was like to coach at Tennessee. Um, but you know, hypel uh, is there now. He's seven and six after one season with them. Uh, they did score a whopping 511 points. They have a lot of uh, talent returning this year expectations are huge in knoxville right i do think one crazy stat is pretty cool and uh there's other stadiums like this but there's more people watching the game in that stadium on a saturday (laughs) than there is population in the capital city of knoxville right i you know i think that's pretty cool i mean penn state can say the same thing but it's not the capital of pennsylvania
4: so uh, you know uh nebraska right there's more people in the stadium than they live in in lincoln or whatever
2: yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, you know, strength of schedule here—they they really have a, a tough one. Uh, it ranks uh, 28th in the nation out of 130 Division I programs. Uh, so hypos going to have his hands full here, but he does have the returning starters. Um, you know, they have uh, five ranked teams. You know, they play number 11 Florida at the Swamp. They have. Old Miss number thirteen at home. They have Alabama right after that, October twenty third at right. Tuscaloosa. Then they go. Um, they have a bye week and then they go on the road to at number eighteen Kentucky. Right. And then of course they have. Um, you know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the last um, last year's schedule. I apologize. Okay, so here's the schedule this year. Seventeen number seventeen Pitt, uh, September tenth, right. and. Uh, you know, they have that LSU game, and it's a look-ahead danger zone for Tennessee at, uh, at LSU, especially if that game's going to be at That's night. brutal. We all know what LSU is like at night. Great. And then they have Alabama, and then number 20, Kentucky, followed by number three, Georgia. So they have two, four of their weeks involve back-to-back games against highly ranked opponents in the SEC. Uh, I wouldn't want that schedule if I was a head coach of any program in the SEC. I'd want Georgia's schedule. Right. So I think I think Tennessee will have their hands full. I don't really have a, an opinion on the wins total. I can make a case that you know they're going to get close to that number, but it's going to go under. I can also, if they get a couple breaks and beat, uh, let's say, Florida and beat Pitt, uh, they probably go over the total. So if you know more about those games and you, you like the over or the under, I, I have no problem with either side. Sorry about that.
4: What's the total
2: on them? Uh, Total is uh, over eight minus 105. They're one of the few teams that doesn't have the half. Uh, Georgia's the other one at 11 minus 115 to bet over.
4: Yeah, pivotal game is going to be at Pitt. I really doubt they're going to be able to beat Narduzzi at Narduzzi. Florida, that's a blood game. They get him at home. Yep. But, but they're saying that Florida coach is the first coach that the, the fan base wants him fired before he's even coached one game. So that's a, that's a big game for them. And Florida's going to have more talent. And Hypo's not a really good X's and O's guy. At LSU, he's going to be outcoached. Alabama, it's a traditional game. He'll score points. But they're not beating Alabama. they Kentucky, no. at Georgia, he's going to be outcoached. Missouri, he's probably going to be outcoached at South Carolina, Beamer ball, and then Vanderbilt. I like the under eight. What do you yeah. think, Scott?
0: I do as well because when you look at that schedule, you got you got at least four or five losses. Right. So now you basically got to go what seven and one, eight right. and one in the rest of those games. Too much pressure on a team to go eight and one, especially one that is is, uh, you know bereft of that explosive, explosive type of team. Um, you know, their quarterback holds the ball really well, is is makes good decisions, but still, that's a buzzsaw schedule as you get into it and deeper and deeper into it. And they've got to beat all the teams they're supposed to beat. You know, one slip up and you're looking at a five, yep. five and eight, five and seven, whatever it may be. So I like the under. I think they're going to be six and seven, seven and six type of team. Uh, again this year,
4: so yeah, he's and like the he'll boss. We run
0: hype out of town,
4: yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like the boss, it. and you know, he's a fake. That when things go south, everybody's laughing at the boss. Uh, you yeah, know, man. a little less than Michael Scott. Well, thank you, John, yeah. for joining us, man.
2: Oh, you bet, guys. Sorry, I had to take off just a few deadlines to meet, but uh, look forward to the next show with you guys.
4: Well, we look forward John. to having you. It's going to be a fun, great Absolutely. season, and we had a great time today. You got it, man.
2: Have a good night, guys, John. All right, <laughs> bye.
4: Alright. The next thing we're going to is great to beat the Florida Gators. Uh, they play us, USF, on September the 17th. It's a new coaching staff. He's bringing all his friends as coaches. Billy Napier. He's running it like an NFL program. He has like 100 coaches. Everybody coaches. He has a coach for one drill. Uh, man. What's his face did not recruit well? The guy he's now at uh, ESPN. Uh, six back on offense, six backs on defense. First game against Utah. I think they're going to be in the game just because of the weather. Look for UF U- second half line against Utah. Because it, and I think global warming, I don't think they have the things right. Because they were saying it was like 95 outs outside. It felt like. 120. I did not have helmets and pads on. And Utah going to that nice weather of September the 3rd and going down there to, man, they they better bring 20 ventilators or else they're not going to win. So I like uh, Florida second half line, Kentucky and Tennessee are must wins. Watch out for that USF games. Uh, Bye week with Eastern Washington they better beat Missouri, LSU by week, and then you have the cocktail party. So, after the cocktail party, you got to think you're going to get blown out by Texas AM. You have nothing left. You go against Texas AM, South Carolina, Vanderville, and then another rivalry game against Florida State. So, I look for a rebuilding down here for the Gators. What do you think, Scott?
0: Yeah, I look for it, too. Uh, even though their quarterback is probably going to have a huge, huge statistical season, the, the advantage for any better is early season games in Florida. They have those early season games in Florida. As Josh has said time and time again, NFL, college podcast, the heat will get to these visiting teams in the second half, and you want, you want to bet the Florida Gators in the second half. Um, and you probably want to – any game that's total point in the, in the 60s, with Florida at home early in the season, you might want to lean toward the under in that game based on what the other team's offense is going to look like in the late third and fourth quarter. And Billy so, Napier,
4: it, people are looking at algorithms yeah. and computers, they're not putting into the tactic. Billy Napier wants to run the football 24-7.
0: Yep. Yep. And and any new coach, NFL college whatever football league it may be, this they want to put their stamp on the running game and defensive side first, right first. So you look at that too and it all leads you to say, take the Florida Gators in-game betting, second half line for sure, take the under on the points. As the season gets on and gets a little cooler, that will start to, that will start to gravitate toward a, a change. But for early in the season, any advantage for the better, on uh, Florida second half line under the total if it's above fifty five to sixty somewhere. Hundred
4: percent. Hundred percent agreement on your Florida Gators and that's them. We'll go to your Kentucky Wildcats. Mark Stoops from the Stoops coaching family have great recruiting connections, and I forgot to talk about it, but it's going to be very interesting. Cincinnati, Arkansas because how well did those two coaches recruit the new guys to fit into their system? Uh, A lot of these guys, they recruit them their junior year and give them workout programs and what to work on to fit the system for Cincinnati and Arkansas. Same thing with Kentucky. They return five on defense, six on offense, and they are very much a developmental program. And they only have 45 career starts coming back on that offensive line. So at Florida, uh, Florida beat them 28 years in a row. Now Kentucky beat them twice. Florida has to win that football game, especially early in the season. Look for Florida to cover that. And um, I would say whatever the season total is for Kentucky, pick the under. What do you think, Scott?
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't know where the love comes from. From uh, from college football writers with this team being ranked top 25.
4: They should not be.
0: Yeah, I don't see it. I, they have a lot to prove to me as a, as a better. I, I think Florida is going to get themselves back on track and that early in the season. I, I think Florida is going to probably beat them early in the season. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Kentucky is a bit overrated. I think they're a middle-of-the-pack SEC team for sure. So I think when you look at teams – they play like a Florida, like a, a Mississippi Mississippi State, whoever they play right. in the middle. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch them. I would go the other way on them. Um, I'm gonna be if I look at Kentucky better. I'm gonna be looking to to fade them a lot this season, and then they're gonna play the 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 heavyweights, and they're not gonna fare well against the heavyweights. So they need a good start. They do not have a lot of true road games, which is no. to their advantage. But when they play the heavyweights or when they play a team that has equal talent or just a little bit above, they're not going to fare well in those games. So I don't like Kentucky at all. I think, I think they're way overrated in my eyes.
4: 100%. And I'm going to look right now. Uh, they beat South Carolina last year, 16-10. Revenge game situation. Beamer Ball, yep. his dad coached. Nope. So he's been studying Kentucky all summer. Getting, those Gamecocks will be ready to go. So that is your Kentucky Wildcats. So I think, really, Georgia, this benefits Georgia, right? That it, it, it really, the, the East, as they call it, looks really weak. And to that point, maybe a team that might be, do better than what people are saying, the opposite of Kentucky, is going to be Sir. South Carolina in their second year of their cycle, first year with Beamer Ball. He coached under Steve Spurrier, a guy who won a national title. He coached under Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Uh, He knows how to hire coaches. He has Marcus uh, Satterfield, who was coaching with Matt Rule in the Carolina Panthers last year as his offensive coordinator. He was also head coach at Tennessee Tech. Uh, Clayton White's a defensive coordinator, and Pete uh, Limbo, who was at Mississippi and was a head coach at Ball State and was a special teams coach for your Dallas Cowboys at one point. Uh, he has a great staff. He has nine coming back on offense, five on defense. I like South Carolina. Uh, specialists that can beat Arkansas at Arkansas, which they definitely can. Georgia's going to be tough. They get an off week, basically, with Charlotte. They, so, basically, they got a built-in. So, now I'm betting that South Carolina over Kentucky twice. They have a built-in double buy because they played Charlotte and then South Carolina State. Two uh-huh. cupcakes in a row, which is a buy against Kentucky, who beat them last year. So, they have that grudge Right, like uh, Chad was saying, Steve Spurrier said you can only get teams up for three games out of the year. One of those three games for South Carolina has to be Kentucky, so we have to go with those Gamecocks. What do you this, think, Chad? This, uh,
0: Scott? This is a team that's earmarked to win nine games this right. year. This is definitely one of those teams. Over. That I don't know what the I wish John was on so we could find out what the over under win total. Yeah, they
4: can figure it out real quick.
0: I think they're gonna go over their win total because I think their win total is gonna be probably what seven and a half, eight somewhere right. in that ballpark. They're gonna go over it. They're gonna be the team that 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 is finishes right behind Georgia in second place. They're gonna lose to Georgia, I think. They're not gonna they're not gonna beat Georgia, but I think they're gonna finish with one loss in their side of the conference, and that's gonna be to Georgia. Right. I just think that they have everything that you could possibly want. Returning status are a big key for me in college football. How many returners do you have? And at one side of the ball, you said nine? Right. To me, that's that's a unit that's going to be top three in the SEC. You're going to no control the
4: game time. with the offensive line. You're yes. going to run clock. You're going to protect the defense.
0: Quarterback's going to get sacked very little. Running backs are going to have lanes to run through Right. the quarterbacks. If he takes care of the ball is going to make smart decisions. Definitely. South Carolina is definitely a team that you want to go the over win total on, because they have the schedule that tells you we're going to win nine games and we're going to get to a really good bowl game. So, and they have Clemson at the end of the year. I think, I think that's their rivalry game at the end of the year, Clemson. So they're going to have a difficult time with that game and Georgia, but every other game they can win this year for sure.
1: Oh,
4: yeah. Oh, 100%. Let's see. South Carolina season total by now.
1: It is the DraftKings
4: stupid article doesn't get right to it. Oh, here we go. Six. Ooh, I'm
0: going over six right now. I'm going over six. I I would hammer that. You you have to. Yeah, you have to. Kentucky's over Kentucky's overrated, right? Right. Right. They can beat Florida for sure. Florida's not all bad. No. Georgia and Clemson are the only two games on their schedule that I won't give them. Right. other than that, I'll give them every other game that they, you know. I will give them a nine nine win season for sure.
4: 100%. So, I'm betting South Carolina right now. Over the yep. over six.
0: Six. Six. Wow. That's that's low. Five hundred well, American it, dollars. Well, it must be because Kentucky's ranked. Uh I, I don't know if they play Arkansas. They're ranked. So what they're basically little Vegas is looking at is, oh, they're playing six ranked teams. Right. Yeah, but those six ranked teams aren't very good, all of right. them. So. Well, they know
4: that they, they have it now at minus one seventy. But still, that's good. It's like free
0: money. That's good juice. That's good juice. That's, free that's money. absolutely good. Yep. 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 Without a
4: doubt. Oh man, making people money, free money. South <laughs> Carolina dealer. Yep. the over. We'll have it on the. Then you got Eli Durkowitz. And your Missouri Tigers. Uh, they have 83 starts coming on the, um, on the offensive line. The man makes $5 million a year. He needs to keep his job. He's an offensive yes. guy. He's his, own, he's his own offensive coordinator, own quarterback coach, and his own offensive line coach. Yeah, six coming back on offense. So he has in control, eight coming back on defense. And he has Blake, uh, he has um, yeah, Blake Baker as a defensive coordinator, linebacker coach at LSU. So he has a national title ring as a linebacker coach. He you knows what a good defense looks like. And he's just there for one stop. That's why they brought him from LSU, because that was that DeMar Chase Burrow team that was scoring a million points every game. All they needed was one stop, and the game was over. That's what he wants to do. But a lot of overs don't beat Kansas State at Kansas State because he needs to beat them to keep $5 million. Yeah. If I had $5 million on the line and I'm going against Kansas State and I got equal talent, I would figure out how to win that game as a coach.
1: Yes. As, as yep. a head
4: football coach. So they are going to beat Kansas State, Abilene Christian, at Albert. So I think they're going to win. Uh, they're going to be they're going to beat Louisiana Tech they're going to beat Kansas State they'll beat Abilene Christian always a good team Abilene. but they're an F-C, uh, FCS team they'll lose at Auburn they'll lose to Georgia at Florida they might beat Florida right so yeah. I think they're going to win one out of those three team wins at Florida or at Auburn might be one of those they got Georgia at home. They could be Georgia at home. One of those three games to win, they're off. They get Vanderbilt. So that should be five wins at yeah. South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee. They will beat New Mexico State. So they got one, I would say two, three, four,
0: five, six wins. That, that, probably- that Auburn game. That Auburn game is huge for them. It's huge, big time. Big time Absolutely, yeah. I would be very interested to see what the spread is going to be in that game and what the right. over under is going to be because right. because if they would have win at Auburn and go four and oh going into that Georgia game, right? Immense amount of confidence going into that Georgia game. Immense amount of confidence, right? Big time. Um, I think they get to seven. If they beat Auburn, they'll get to seven without that Auburn win. I I think they're going to struggle to get to the seven so that that's my opinion. They're going to play a lot of highest, highest scoring games. So I would, I would look at some over unders If it's in the mid to low fifties, I would look at taking the over. Um, I agree. The coach needs to win games to to keep his job this year. It's, it's ultra important. So they're going to, they're going to be very vanilla probably the first three games and then the whole playbook is going to be let out against Georgia I uh, am against Auburn right because they need to win they want to win that game to go 4 and 0 so um yeah. again season total is 5.5 5. 5, man so
4: I'm yeah, I think it's very they, over
0: they're going to go over they're going to hit 6 and I think as we've talked about on the other podcast that we did together the college preview oh yeah that there's always that one early season game you know, within the first four weeks that will tell your you season. And right. from Missouri it's right. Auburn. It's Auburn. Big time. It's and big time. yeah. Yeah. Because that basically if they go 4 and 0, they can they can lose to Georgia and it not hurt them.
4: Exactly. Where if
0: they're 3 and 1, they have to beat Georgia or their season goes a tailspin. So
4: It's going to be a home game. Yeah. The only yeah. way they can get a win is if they lose on a Hail Mary or a two-point yeah. conversion. It's so crazy to lose to Georgia. The fans will yep. be okay. Otherwise, yep. they get blown out by Georgia. They're probably the defensive coordinator is not a head coach.
0: And if they lose that Auburn game, like I said about Georgia, Georgia will be a great straight up team, not so yeah. good against the spread. So 100%. I'm sure if Georgia is undefeated and, and Missouri is three and one, that that spread will be double digits. Doesn't matter where the game is, it'll be double digits. And I would hammer Missouri in that situation. I would emphasize during
4: that situation. Great, yeah, great insight, man. Great insight. Then our last team, uh, the developmental team, seven back on defense, seven back on offense. Two and ten last year. I do not like the body language of Coach uh, Chris Lee. He looks like he's in a tough situation. They might be kicked out of the SEC because of the money situation, and replaced by Oregon or something. Uh, I see nothing out of him because it's talent, too. Yeah, you got guys with experience coming back, but if they don't have the talent in this situation with 81 coming back, man, it's going to be tough. Big game for them at Hawaii. Must game situation. If they can't beat Hawaii at Hawaii, uh, they might not win a game the whole rest of the year. Elon, because Elon's good. Elon's a good FCS team. You know what I mean? If they can't beat Hawaii, you gotta look strong at Elon, at Elon next game, because there's gonna be a lot of people who are just gonna bet the SEC team for no reason, and it's gonna be whatever minus sixty, and Elon might win the game. That would be one of the games to put a hundred dollars on Elon money and, and, line. The,
0: and the other thing I'll say is take a look at the schedule after September, starting September twenty fourth, Alabama. Let me get it up here. They got Alabama, an open day, Old Miss at Georgia, at Missouri, open South Carolina. That's a gauntlet right there. That right. They, they may not win a game in that. No. So, they, no.
4: They, that, you that, know, that Hawaii got, is a must game situation. Like, remember, we did the ACC with some teams with Duke yeah. and uh, some other teams we were looking at that first game of the season? He has to throw the kitchen sink. He has to win that king or confidence is going to be in the toilet. The better coaches are going to be calling their better players to get them in the transfer portal. Hey, hey, get him in the portal, dude! You'll start next week for us. That's
0: right. <laughs> and get and the then the win, bro. <laughs> and then they got at Kentucky, and Ooh. then the last two games, Florida and Tennessee. And Tennessee might be going for a bowl game, and Florida might be going for a bowl game then too. So they're not they going to let not up on win them the
4: game. Long. After September, possible. 17th. after September seventeenth, after September, there's no way they're winning a game. They're not beating Alabama. Mississippi. I'll piggyback
0: Georgia. with you. Watch that Elon point spread. Yes. Watch that Elon <laughs> point spread. If it's fourteen, <laughs> take Elon. Take Elon. Seriously, if it's fourteen if, points, I, take if Elon. I can get, if I can get plus
4: fifteen hundred. Oh yeah. And I oh, yeah, put a thousand on Elon, and Elon wins. I don't think I'm betting another game the rest of the year
0: <laughs> because what generally happens in college football that one team from out of nowhere FCS. beats that FCC FCS school, and right. this could be the one that comes out of nowhere. Elon, <laughs>
4: exact. Right after yeah, the
0: podcast is done, I'm gonna have some lunch and I'm gonna study Elon. <laughs> Elon, put a hundred down on Elon. You could if it's if it's. <laughs> 1500, say it's 2000 plus 2000 on Elon. 2, 000, and you win yeah. that game and you put a thousand. There you go. I'm retired. See you later. Goodbye. See you later.
4: But that bet the rest
0: of the year. I got a bankroll. I'm sorry, guys. I'll give you my money. I right. want to <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's you just have to look at some schools and say, uh, no, no, no. they're not going to. And then is it, the game's at Hawaii, right? But at Hawaii, they're going to have to try the way up there. there. They're not gonna win that game. They're not gonna in, win. In their confidence,
4: in the toilet.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Because at in, Hawaii is, is in a tough the new goal.
4: in the new rules now. Where I'm telling you, best play Cincinnati coach, USF coach, where I go. Hey bro, yeah, you guys are you're, you're gonna get killed by Alabama. You really want that? Get body slammed on every play. Come here with USF. You're gonna win seven, eight games, go to a bowl game good academic school will get you in class that that, that Hawaii game the,
0: the game is at Alabama Alabama is going to be favored in that game no exaggeration 48 points oh, easy. 48 points easily easy. Or, or like and you John might Singh. still want to take it.
4: like John saying Alabama let's say let's say Alabama uh scores and, and Vanderbilt fumbles the kickoff and they run it in as 14 nothing. You can go online and get,
0: get, get Vanderbilt plus 70. <laughs> and then you, you still might not want to take that. You still might not want to take Imagine that. Vanderbilt exactly. might not score a point against Alabama. No. it might even come close scoring to score a point, a point. No, no. And that's a sad part. But exactly. their school, when you look at it as a batter, you say, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's 42 points. I can't do it. I, I would never do it. I don't no. think. So. Yeah, all right, man. This has been
4: great. I had a great time. Thank you, Scott. It
0: is. It's been phenomenal. It's been John and Jesse and Chad and and both of us brought so much information to this podcast. It's it's insane. So
4: we all had a lot of talent. So always better be lucky than good. You never know how it's gonna work out. But we all gel, dude. We all yep. have the same good chemistry.
0: Yep. No question. No question. So we always close. Go, go make some money, people. Go make some money. That's so no. all you have to do I'll is America do
4: for now. You never know if it's going to change. You might not be able to do this five years from now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: It's that easy. Listen to what we said, man. South Carolina.
0: random overs, man. Those are almost lots easy money. Look, Listen, people. The track record speaks for itself. It's all out there. If you want to know, it's all out there. Just look. Just I mean, look. The track mean, if, if you want to listen podcast. to the podcast,
4: look at the Twitter feed. And yes. tally it up and go on CBS and see who won and what the spread was. Remember, 52.5% yeah. is break even. Absolutely. And John's talking about 60, 70, 80% strategies. Come on, man. All right. We always close with Winston Churchill. Again, not philanthropy. Not that were nice guys. It's business. The more you give, the more you get back. You give one, you get ten back. That's why Winston Churchill said, You make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. That's why this one goes
1: cost
0: $800. And that goes to her. And I don't know what that costs. I just work. That's why I work with the Jews.
1: Thank <laughs>